Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Watchdogs Bark. My name is Drew. I am your host, and I consider myself a watchdog. This is episode 49. Holy cow. So fine. It's episode 49. And we are one episode away from me telling you where I've come from. And I've got a new job now, so I'm not worried about not getting work in the other industry I've been in for 34 years. So I'm going to tell you a lot more about myself next week and just uh, see where the chips fall. But this episode, I've got a lot to talk about. The main topic of what we're going to talk about today is the left's war against the nuclear family, religion, the military, fossil fuels, and education. What is their real plan? A growing number of people in this country do not even trust the military anymore. And after trillions of dollars and 20 years at working at cutting our emissions and trying to go to renewables, very, very little has happened. Shrinkflation is affecting more than just products you buy in the store. You know how you're buying used to be the 15-ounce box of cereal, and now it's 11.5, and you're paying the exact same price for it? Well, shrinkflation is also happening in the housing market. The left knows how to control the narrative, and I will explain that in great detail. Some states are now considering charging a mileage tax rather than a per gallon tax on people that drive. Yeah, that's going to go over really well with long distance truckers and people that are doing food delivery. I know because I delivered DoorDash for a while and there's a lot of miles and you go through a lot of gasoline. So that's interesting. All right. And then you will not believe this, but I have all kinds of information about Adam Schiff and where his family comes from. His family comes from mega wealth in the beginning of our country. And you will not believe who Adam's sister is married to. Once I tell you, it's all going to come together. You'll understand this is all working together and everything is connected between the government, big pharma, big food, uh, the green energy, you know, all the different things that we have been wondering why everything is happening in the order it is. This will explain a lot because it will explain how all of these characters are all connected. And lastly, I hear a lot of people on the left and Democrats saying how Donald Trump didn't care anything about uh, lowering medical prescription drug prices and Joe Biden's doing it. Joe Biden's getting it done. Well, that's actually not true. You see, Nancy Pelosi held an iron fist over those in the House, and she would not allow any kind of comprehensive immigration reform or negotiation on lower drug prices or anything while Donald Trump was in office, because the, the Democrats could not afford to allow Donald Trump to have any legislative wins while he was in office, because they were so hateful of him and his supporters, and they were afraid of what he would do to the country and the power they have been amassing over decades if they didn't oppose everything he was trying to do. Yeah, I know it's horrible. Donald Trump was, and I believe probably will, get elected in 40, as, as the 47th president in 2024. What he will do is bring America back to being a constitutional republic again, the way our founding fathers created it. I also heard another person talk about how this government, oh, it was Larry Elder. I was listening to an interview with Larry Elder, and he was talking about this government should be 20% of the size that it is right now, and that he would try to cut it down by 80%. So that makes me think a lot of good things. Uh, sadly, Larry Elder seemed to have been uh, blocked from the first 
GOP debate, even though I think he qualified. I'm not sure if it was last minute or or if he maybe just didn't just barely didn't qualify, but I'm I'm sure he was close. But I have been talking also about Vivek Ramaswamy. I don't think I'm going to support him anymore. He said some really good things, but I have done research and I have discovered that he took money from the Soros family to go to college. And at that time, he wasn't hurting for money. So that makes me suspicious that he might be a plant. That's just my opinion. And of course, all of the things that I'm going to talk about in this episode are my opinion. If you agree or disagree with them, don't hesitate to write me, Drew at the watchdogsbark.com. All right, let's get into it. The left is doing everything they can to destroy the nuclear family. They are pushing LGBTQIA plus minus dollar sign asterisk apostrophe, you know, the ever expanding acronym. They are pushing that into grade schools to, to confuse children. They are trying to get children to transition to another sex at school and not tell the parents. The government has designed welfare to be most beneficial to single mothers with lots of kids. Why? Why is all this happening? Why are they attacking religion? Why is Christianity such a threat? Yes, we now know the FBI and the DOJ actually went into Catholic churches to find radicals. Oh no, radical Catholics. And they basically were not only trying to find radicals in the Catholic church, but also plant operatives in the Catholic church. The same as they planted operatives in the Proud Boys and the Oath Keepers. The same as they planted operatives at the January 6th riots or protests that turned to riots. The government, the DOJ, and the FBI and the CIA are weaponized. The reason why this has happened is one party has control right now of most everything going on in our lives. They have control of the media, social media, corporate America, professional sports, the education system, and now we know all of the three-letter government agencies are dominated by people from one party. This is how tyranny begins. You know, I've heard it said by people that the mass murdering that happened in Germany didn't start with the gas chambers. No, it started with one party taking over control of almost every aspect of our lives. Most of the ways we get our information, be it by social media or cable news or the newspapers, all of those outlets are controlled by one party. So now we see that they're really doubling down on their efforts to destroy the nuclear family, religion, the military, fossil fuels, and education. I said that now. It looks to me, in my research, like about 40% of Americans no longer have confidence in the military. But I'll bet you if you talk to each person that doesn't have that confidence, they have confidence in soldiers, the ones you know, that go to basic training and then go out to war and fight on the front lines and take orders. They have full confidence in those military people, the same as I do. But they lack confidence in the lead leadership of the military. Jesse Kelly said on one of his shows I listened to years ago that the only way to clean all of this out is we have to fire every military leader down to an E6, which is a colonel. Anyone above colonel in the military should be fired. And then one-on-one interviews should be what determines those military men or women that stay in the military. I believe even those that get fired and aren't allowed back in the military should lose their pension. Our military has lost its focus. The men and women of the military, I salute you. Thank you for your service. You're amazing. The leadership of the military, stop. Stop trying to 
integrate CRT and gender theory and LGBTQIA plus themes and pronouns. All these things are completely unnecessary, unnecessary to have an effective military. The only thing, and I've said this before and I'm going to say it again, the only thing that's necessary for an effective lethal military is unit cohesion and training to be the most lethal force on the face of this earth. That is the only thing the military should be focusing on. Not teaching everyone proper pronouns and, you know, teaching gender theory and allowing people to get into the military and then have the taxpayers pay for their transition. This is all smoke. This has nothing to do with what the military's main objective is. In order to have a lethal military that is completely cohesive, you break down all of those differences. You destroy all of those differences. They become one cohesive unit. It matters not where they come from. It matters not what their skin color or sexuality is. It matters not. The only thing that matters is unit cohesion. And I've heard it from people in the military. If you're sharing a foxhole with a man, if you're a black man and you're sharing a a foxhole with a white man, it doesn't matter if he's a racist. You are taught to have your brothers or sisters backs no matter what, no matter what. And by introducing all of these labels, you are separating military men and women. You are not trying to make them a cohesive unit. You are dividing them. And I believe it's on purpose. Just the same as the attacks on fossil fuels and education and religion and the nuclear family. All of this is on purpose to destroy the pillars of strength that have provided center and strength and stability for everyone for decades. The left wants to destroy all of these pillars so no one has any pillar of strength to lean on. They don't have their family. They don't have the military. They don't have religion. They won't have education. All of these things have been destroyed and taken over by radical leftists. And as I said in the beginning, what is their plan? Their plan is to control everything and have ultimate power. That's why they want us away from the fossil fuels. Renewables are easier to control. Fossil fuels aren't. Nuclear energy isn't. Oil, natural gas, coal, those are abundant all over the world, and they are dependable forms of energy. Renewable energy, wind farms, and solar panels, those are not dependable. And they won't be dependable for probably 100 years. That's not an exaggeration. And the, the left actually thinks we're going to go to all electric vehicles by the end of the century of the uh, decade. Uh, not possible. Not possible. Now, the one thing that you need to understand that's happening that's in these final stages, they've, got, they've, they've definitely uh, been very successful and destroying the nuclear family, destroying the dependence on religion. We have now some of the lowest numbers of people that are religious in this country that have ever happened. More people now in the millennials and Gen Z consider themselves spiritualists, and they have their own beliefs of non-organized religion. And That is good in some ways and bad in some ways. Organized religion has provided structure and discipline and principles and standards for so many people. But the left doesn't want people to have standards or morals. They want everyone to have kind of a laissez-faire view of the world. Live and let live, no matter what you want to do. Okay, I understand that. But sometimes... Live and let live can live to, to can lead to anarchy. So the very fact that now we're even getting to the point where they want that attitude in the military shows you that we're in the final stages of destroying this all, all of it, 
destroying everything this country has ever stood for. Principles, standards, morals, all of these things are trying to be destroyed. Just to let you know, name any other country in the world that teaches their soldiers proper pronouns and gender theory and race theory. No other military in the world is breaking down their soldiers and dividing them like the U.S. is. And that makes me very, very sad and afraid for the national security of our country. That leads me to my next topic where oil and gas and coal still provide 84% of the world's energy. After 20 years, oil still accounts for 90% of the world's transportation fuel. We are not going to be able to rapidly transition. I put those in air quotes because that's how ridiculous it is. Rapidly transition to renewable energy. Because after 20 years, and we've spent $5 trillion, we've only brought the percentage of our dependency on oil, gas, and coal down from 86% to 84%. For those of you that have trouble with basic math, that's 2%. After $5 trillion and 20 years of working at this, we've only managed to reduce our dependency on those commodities by 2%. So just go with me on this fun little math trip. In order to achieve a renewable energy future, We need the raw materials that are mostly produced by China. If we really wanted to go green, we'd have to increase our mining for rare earth minerals by 1,000%. Remember I told you in another podcast, every single battery that goes into these electric cars requires over 100,000 tons of earth to be dug up. and child labor in the Republic of the Congo for the cobalt. So the same people and politicians that are screaming that we need to go green with all this renewable energy are the same people that are restricting the U.S. from mining these necessary raw materials. Does that make any sense to anyone? Those people that want us to go all electric vehicles, They know what it takes to go all electric. They know what it's going to require in this country and around the world. But for some reason in this country, and by the way, we have more rare earth minerals, more oil, more gas, more more, uh, materials that are necessary for all of these machines under our country. But the people that are restricting that drilling are ironically the same people that say we need more electric batteries, but they're restricting the drilling. They want more batteries, more electric, more electric cars, but they're restricting the drilling for rare earth minerals. Hmm. Kind of think maybe they might have been paid by China because by us trying to force everyone into this technology, having the commodities here in this country but not being allowed to extricate them and only relying on one of our biggest enemies for these raw materials means that we're going to enrich them, not us. We're going to enrich China. Think about that. And that leads me to our next topic. Some states are actually considering charging a mileage tax rather than a per gallon tax on gasoline. They're trying to do everything they can to discourage people from driving gas-powered cars. Listen to me very carefully. Are you listening? Testing, testing, one, two. Okay. I will never drive an electric car. I have driven them. They're fun. That, that power, that direct power um, energy source is fun and they are fast. But I am now completely turned off by electric cars because of what it takes to build them. Just the batteries in electric car weigh 2,500 pounds. I don't know if you saw or not, there was a garage that actually collapsed in Manhattan, a parking garage, because too many Teslas were parked on the top level and it couldn't handle that much weight. Every car 
you drive with that's electric is 2,500 pounds heavier than it would be with a gas turbine engine. Also, these batteries wear out in 10 years. That's it. They last for 10 years. And then it costs about $10,000 or more to replace those batteries. So there is no way we could have the electric grid necessary to keep all these electric cars running on the roads in 50 years, much less by the end of this decade. Electric cars are fun to drive. It's true. Like I said, I've driven a few of them. But when we have to get all of those precious metals and um, rare earth minerals to build them, and we can't mine or excavate for those minerals here in this country, and we have to depend on a foreign country that hates us, that's a big negatory for me. I will not be driving, and I will never own an electric vehicle. I will drive gas-powered cars until I die. All right, and have you noticed shrinkflation? For those of you who don't know what shrinkflation is, that's basically charging the same price for less product. That's shrinkflation. You know, when you go, and I, I use the cereal aisle, you can use pretty much anything. You used to buy, you know, a uh, pint of ice cream. Now it's less than a pint for the same price. Same thing, like I said, cereal. You buy the 18-ounce or 24-ounce family size cereal. That's what it used to be. Now it's 10 and a half ounces and 13.5 ounces or 15.5. I don't know exactly, but it's way less product for the same price. And go buy a bag of chips. I bought... I bought a bag of chips just because I had a, a salt craving, and I, so I wanted to just go grab a quick bag of chips and just munch it. I opened the bag. There were six potato chips, six in the entire bag, six potato chips. That, my friends, is shrinkflation. And what you don't realize, it's happening in the housing market now, too. Go look at the new homes that they're building. Number one, they're building them like crazy around this area here in Utah. They're building all these townhomes, townhomes, everything scrunched together, large apartment complexes, large townhome complexes. They do not want you to have a single family home. They want everyone in large metropolitan areas so they can control it. That's why, again, they're trying to push everybody into electric Electric heat, electric power, electric cars, all because that's easy to control. And they want people to get used to these outages, which are going to happen a lot <laughs> because we're pushing way too early to make everybody go electric. But go look at these houses. Go look at the floor plans. They're cutting a lot of the luxuries out of new homes. They're building homes smaller square footages. What used to be a 2,500 square foot home is now 1,800 square foot with the same amount of bedrooms. What used to be an 1,800 square foot is now 13 and a half, 1,300, 1,350 square feet with the same amount of rooms. What they're eliminating is the luxuries. They're eliminating bathtubs. They're eliminating living rooms. So all you have now is walk-in showers, and all you have now in a lot of the new homes are dining rooms and family rooms. No more living rooms. We can't, uh, we can't have that extra space. So all of this is a part of shrinkflation, and shrinkflation was brought about to think that you're still getting the same amount of food for the money you're paying, but you're not. You're getting less. Mark my words. Go to the grocery store. Pick up anything that you used to have in your pantry or on top of your fridge, whatever. All the things that you buy, notice that the quantity is smaller now. So don't believe when everybody says, oh, it's not that bad. You know, inflation's getting under control. Prices are going down. No, they are not. They are fooling you into thinking prices are the same. And they're saying, but they, they, we, we've kept the prices down. Don't worry. We've kept the prices down. We're the good guys. What they're not telling you is they're reducing the amount of 
that you're buying with the same price. And it's happening in the real estate market too. So beware, buyer beware. When you go and look at a new house, look at how many luxuries it no longer has. And like I said, they are trying to do everything they can to discourage people from owning single family homes because that's harder to, to control people. When you have everybody in a giant apartment complex or a giant townhome complex or condo complex, that's easy to control. They're all squunched in together. Squunched. I think that's a new word. Squunched. Uh, squeezed and bunched. Squunched. There you go. Uh, Webster's. Are, are you there? Okay. Squunched. New word. <laughs> okay. And just a quick side note on this topic of shrinkflation as far as housing. Pay attention. There's a lot of fires happening all over the country, actually all over the world. But pay attention what is being erected from the ashes. There are smart cities being built and planned to be built all over this country. I just discovered one is planned on being built here in Utah, and I'm going to watch it closely. You know, I saw a really interesting meme, and I think it's absolutely true. They are using words like smart cities because people won't go live in concentration camps. Remember, I talked about smart cities and everyone living within this parameter and no one is allowed outside of this parameter. You can even see they're installing um, guards in the streets at a certain time of night. Those guards, those poles, those metal poles will come out of the street and block you from leaving the neighborhood. 15-minute smart cities, all electric. Some will be AI-controlled, but they are going to control everyone within that city and not allow them to travel unless they have special permission. And they'll allow, I put in quotes, allow you to travel, you know, like every three or four years, they might allow you to take a, a little vacation a couple states away. You know, they're, they, like I said, this is coming, people. This is coming. The line is being built right now. Remember I talked about the line, okay? And I think I may have gotten the, the, the uh, di dimensions wrong because I was doing them in feet rather than meters. Now, let me tell you what they're planning, okay? These, the line is this structure where 500 meter high glass walls. 200 meters across. Okay, so it's wider and, and higher than I thought. 17 and a half miles long or whatever kilometers. But again, inside that structure, all electric, all controlled, everything you want in parentheses will be within five to 10, 15 minutes from your home. You will never have to travel outside of that. They want to say, well, you don't have any reason to travel. There, there's no reason to travel. You have everything you need. You have everything you need. So why do you want to go travel outside this wonderful utopia we built for you in these smart cities and the line? This is coming, people. We need to be very aware of what is happening and try to do everything in our power to stop it. Call your local legislators. Call your banks. I called my bank and said, hey, are you guys considering experimenting with CBDCs, central bank digital currency. And the person I was talking to luckily didn't know what I was talking about. And she went and talked to uh, her supervisors and got back to me. She says, no, we're not doing that. Great. Then I'll stick with you. Any bank and go tell your bank, if you are considering going to central bank digital currency, I will leave your bank and take my business elsewhere. We need to start doing this. What's happened to Disney and what's happened to uh, Bud Light and uh, Anheuser-Busch because of their idiocy in having Dylan Mulvaney be a spokesperson for a beer company that has nothing to do with the LGBTQIA plus community except for a few little advertising thing there. All these things and Target, you know, all these companies that are losing money, we have to do more. We have to make them hurt more to understand they cannot do this anymore. We're wide awake and we know what's happening. Listen to what this woman 
says about all the wildfires happening around our country and what's happening after those wildfires. Take a look at some of the fires that's going on. Pay attention. These are all the fires that's going on right now in America. We're going to go through a lot of these, and I'm going to show you what's going on in these states and why there's fires. In Texas, there's a fire around this area, which is close to Austin. Live from Austin, Texas, the Smart City Challenge. There's fires in Washington. Lawmakers from Washington State push for a Smart City Bill in Congress. What's outside of Phoenix, Arizona? Scottsdale. City of Scottsdale. Smart City Strategic Roadmap. Wildfires in New Jersey. New Jersey Smart Cities Working Group. Fires in New Mexico. Smart City Planned in New Mexico. Wildfires near Portland, Oregon. Smart Cities Planned for Portland, Oregon. Wildfires in Florida. Smart City Initiatives for Orlando. Wildfires in Mississippi. Smart Cities Planned for Mississippi. And this isn't just happening in America. There's fires in Greece. Smart Cities Planned for Greece. Y'all, I could have gone on and on with this, but I think you see the pattern. What you didn't see that she was doing on the video is when she would say, uh, wildfires outside of Austin. And then she would show the article in the Austin newspaper t talking about smart cities being planned in Austin. And the same thing with outside of Portland and in Seattle and in different places around the country, New Mexico, Arizona, all of the claims of new smart cities where these wildfires are, are backed up by articles where they're talking about building smart cities in these states. It's time to wake up, people. Now add all of that to the fact that many food processing plants are on fire or have been set on fire, and millions of chickens have been destroyed in fires. And isn't it ironic that Bill Gates has invested so much money in lab-grown meat. And the FDA just approved a certain type of lab-grown meat. And who is the investor in this company? Oh, Bill Gates. Bill Gates is also the single largest farmland owner in the country. Now, what is he going to do with all that land? I wonder. Hmm. Again, people, it's time to wake up. You've got to pay attention to what's going on. Because now they believe enough people in our country are demoralized. And I'm going to go all the way back to my second podcast with Yuri Bezmenov, talking about what happens when someone is demoralized. And if you didn't listen, I'll give you a real quick overview of it. But go listen to that podcast because it was a really good podcast. Basically, when someone is demoralized, you can take them to the concentration camps. You could take someone that's completely demoralized. You can take them to Auschwitz. You could take them into the showers. You could take them into the barracks where people were starved to death, and they still wouldn't believe it because they've been demoralized. Well, the elites and the people that want this power believe enough people in this country are now demoralized. They don't have to hide what they want to do anymore. They're being very public about what they want to do now. That's why all these articles are coming out about smart cities. And you remember in my podcast about Maui, Maui was supposed to be the first smart island. And now, thank goodness, a lot of the native people there in Lahaina are rebelling, saying we're not going to sell you this land. And the next time tourists decide to start coming to Lahaina, they're going to have to be versed in Hawaiian culture because that's what this town is going to be. It's going to be a culturally authentic Hawaiian village once the locals rebuild it. I hope that's true. I hope the government and other large land developers and uh, investment firms like BlackRock and Vanguard and, and um, City Streets, all of those, I hope they don't go in and take up that land and turn it into a smart city. I hope the people in Hawaii, I'm behind you 100%. I hope you're strong enough to stand up against the onslaught that's coming. Just beware. You're going to have to fight probably with your lives because those of it that have been planning this for decades will not be deterred, or at least they don't think they will. All right. And I know 
I was talking about how great I thought Vivek Ramaswamy was. I don't think that anymore because I've done my research and found out that he received a fellowship grant from Paul and Daisy Soros. He was given this fellowship back in 2011. And in 2020, Paul and Daisy Soros released the following. Paul and Daisy Soros fellow Vivek Ramaswamy's Roivant Sciences develops clinical stage antibody to prevent and treat acute respiratory distress syndrome, or ARDS, in patients with COVID. So in 2020, he was working with the Soros Group to develop treatments for COVID. Think about that. And think about the fact that he took that money and he was already the CEO and founder of Royvent Sciences, which was worth millions. And he took money and that fellowship grant from the Soros Foundation. That is why I can no longer support Vivek Ramaswamy. So I don't know who Trump's running mate's going to be, but it's no longer in my mind going to be Vivek Ramaswamy. Uh, I think Tim Scott, I think uh, Nikki Haley would be fantastic vice presidents. We shall see. All right. And the last thing I want to talk to you about before I go to my positive message is how Republicans need to learn from Democrats about controlling the narrative. They use words like gender affirming care instead of sex change operation or body mutilation. They use words like book bans. When no books are being banned, they're just being restricted from grade school libraries. Those parents, if they want their children to read that filth and, and, and uh, you know, uh, be exposed to that, go buy the book. Go buy the book for your child and keep it in your home. It should not be available and easily checked out by children that are way too young to understand what they are reading. And again, this goes along with the plan to sexualize and demoralize and break children, break them mentally and break them away from their parents' influence. Going back to the original point of this podcast, the left wants to destroy the nuclear family. So to get people on board with allowing these books to be in grade schools, they're accusing Republicans of banning books, book banning. Uh, people in their heads conjure up these visuals of giant piles of books lit in a bonfire. They're banning books. And the biggest thing the Democrats do is love, they love to marginalize people that disagree with them. If you disagree with anything they want to do, you're a homophobe, you're a transphobe, you're a racist, you're a white nationalist, you're a white supremacist. They use these words to shut down opposing debate, period. One thing that I see happening now is they don't use racism anymore. It's all white supremacist and white nationalist. Why? I believe they have used racism so often it has gone the way of wolf. What I mean by that is, you know, the story of the boy that cried wolf. He just cried wolf to get everybody to run out and laughed and enjoyed that. And then in the village, you know, uh, when um, he decided to do it again and again and again. And pretty soon, no one came out and was worried about wolves anymore because they knew this little kid was crying wolf just for fun. Well, then when the real wolves came and he cried wolf, no one listened. That's what's happening to the word racism. No one cares anymore. It holds no weight anymore. And that's sad because it should. Racism should be considered serious, but it's not anymore. The left has overused this word to marginalize their debate opponents, people that want to bring up opposition points to what they're talking about. And they're called racists. In the past, that was like, ah, okay, all right, I'm, I'm done. I'm, I'm going to leave. You win. Not anymore. I've been called racist by people. And I just look at them and go, mm, okay, because it's not full of the sting it used to be. And that's sad. It still needs to sting when actual racism is exposed. 
But when you look at the world through racist lenses, you're always going to see racism. Going back to one of my points in many, many podcasts ago, what you focus on expands. Same thing. If you're driving around and you see a really cute blue Bronco or something that you really positively think about, and then the rest of that day, you see more and more of those blue Broncos everywhere. That is because that's what your mind focuses on. That's what your mind is looking for. So when you are focusing on racism, that's what your mind will see, and it will see it everywhere. But now that word holds no more weight. The left wore it out, and it has now gone the way of wolf. So when people scream racism, the other side goes, and? So it is time for the Republicans and conservatives to figure out how to control the narrative. Because the Democrats have really done well at controlling the narrative. It affected the 2022 election because they controlled the narrative on abortion. They convinced the people that are ignorant, that don't know any better, that when the Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade, that means that the Republicans want to ban abortion nationwide. Ban abortion. See, they use that language again. And that is not true. When Roe v. Wade was overturned, it went back to the states. And the states now determine what their constituents want. And each state will be different. And it needs to be different as our founding fathers created our country. Remember I said 50 separate states, 50 separate laws, 50 separate personalities, and people will go where they are most comfortable. That is how our country was supposed to be designed. We're supposed to have very, very, very few federal laws. Almost all the laws are supposed to be taken care of on the state level. Almost all of the financial aid is supposed to take care on the state level. Everything is supposed to be individual, then state, then federal, not the other way around. But the left has changed it all around and controlled the narrative so that even when they are telling boldface lies that the Republicans all want to ban abortion. It is not true, but they're the ones speaking the loudest and they're the ones that are controlling the narrative. So the Republicans have to figure out a way to counteract their narrative, but also create their own narrative about the left. That's my challenge to the Republicans and conservatives. All right. One quick side note that I, I said I was going to talk about it and I'll just briefly mention it. We now know, I've done all my research and found out, Adam Schiff's sister is married to George Soros's son. When you start uncovering all of this, Nancy Pelosi related to um, Gavin Newsom and uh, Nancy Pelosi's oldest daughter is now pushing around and helping John Fetterman. And it, this is all connected. Every single bit of this is connected. All of these corrupt politicians have been doing this for decades, and their families have been corrupt and trying to destroy this country for their benefit for many, many more years. As a matter of fact, the Schiff family is one of the wealthiest families in U.S. history, and the patri patriarch Schiff canceled his reservation on the Titanic last minute. And the Schiff family has worked with the Rockefellers and the Rothschilds to bring about the Federal Reserve and get our country off of the gold standard. So everybody just thinks Adam Schiff is this lowly representative from California that hates Trump and was part of the January 6th investigative committee that went after all of the people in January 6th and are having them all incarcerated and trumped up all this information and had a Hollywood producer produce all the videos that they, they presented. That's what everybody thinks about Adam Schiff, and he's just a shifty Schiff guy. No, the Schiff family is deeply embedded in the long-term corruption in this country. So California, pay attention. Do not elect this idiot as a senator. I know that Nancy Pelosi is trying to get uh, Dianne Feinstein to stay on 
just a little longer so that uh, she can present Adam Schiff as the candidate for the Senate. I think it's 2026 is when that is up. And other people are saying, no, Dianne Feinstein needs to leave because she's lost her faculties. The same as Joe Biden, the same as um, Mitch McConnell on both sides of the aisle. It really doesn't matter. The corruption is on both sides of the aisle. And the reason why everyone is trying to stop Donald Trump from being elected is he is going to expose it and try to do everything he can to end that corruption and the gravy train that has been going on in politics for as long as you can talk about politics. You know, Ronald Reagan said it best. He says, I've heard that politics is the second oldest profession, but I'm beginning to think it greatly resembles the first profession. And for those of you who don't know that is, that's prostitution. Prostitution is considered the oldest profession in history. And according to Ronald Reagan, the politics is the second oldest, but it definitely resembles the first because most of these politicians are bought and paid for, either by foreign countries that are trying to uh, gain influence in our government or corporations who want to have control over legislation. All right. For my positive message, I want to play a video of a gentleman that was being asked questions about what is fair. I hear a lot of people say it's not fair. It's not fair. We should have equity. Everyone should be equal. And this guy explains it the best. Equality is possible. Equity is impossible. Listen to how he describes it. You believe that men and women are equal? No, of course not. Who told you they are? Men and women are not equal. Men and men are not equal. Women and women are not equal. Individuals are not equal. How can collections of individuals be equal with collections of other individuals? That's illogical. It doesn't make any sense. Are you equal with your boss? If so, then why is he or she your boss instead of you? I'm not equal to another man who's stronger than me, who's smarter than me. There may be things that I cannot understand, and a woman is able to understand it instantly. Or maybe there's something that I can do that a woman cannot do. If we're all born equal, then how do you explain the infinite disparities between people's capacities? Every person, individual person, is tasked with what their God-given capacities are capable of. And no one is blamed or shamed or looked down upon for not being able to do what's beyond their capacity. And we're not judged on an equal basis, but we're judged according to our individual abilities, whether you're a man or a woman. Listen closely to what he said. Go back and listen to it again if you have to. Nobody is equal. There is no equality, or there is no equity, rather, between any two individuals. To say that a certain group of individuals should be equal, completely equal, with another group of individuals is asinine. Nobody has the same skill set, life experience, um, work ethic. You know, it's just there's, there's no way you could compare yourself to others, and you should stop doing that. We are all individuals. We are all on our own paths. To try and compare us to others is asinine. I'm a very competitive person, especially when I was young. I played tennis all the lot, and I hated to lose. I broke, I broke a few tennis rackets. <laughs> so, I, you know, I, I know the competition, and I'm very competitive, but I've learned recently that I don't care if I'm not doing as well as friends or coworkers or other people, and I don't care if I'm doing more than them. That's how life works. Life is unfair. Life is competitive. Life is brutal. But if you really attack it with all of your worth and realize your worth, you are divinely created. There is not one individual ever born into this life that is doomed to failure just because of where or who or how they were born. There is no failure in the eyes of God. God gives everyone specific gifts and expects you to use them to not only glorify him, but enhance your life. And if you're not doing that, you might want to consider doing that and stop comparing yourself to others and stop, for heaven's sake, saying life isn't fair. That's a given. 
Life isn't fair. No two men are equal. No two women are equal. No groups are equal. No skin color, even though you all share the same skin color, you're not equal. Even though you all share the same religion, you're not equal. Even though you all share the same politics, you're not equal. Inequality is the reality of life. And as soon as you accept that and understand that you are unique and an individual with individual gifts and abilities and intelligence and experiences. And you know, sometimes when things aren't working out in your life, even though you're pursuing something that you greatly love, sometimes it's time to think of doing something else. You're going to hear in the next podcast that I made a very tough decision. I'm putting the career and dream I've had since I was a little kid on the back burner and pursuing something else because I can no longer see myself as a part of an industry that I disagree with so vehemently, an industry that has proven themselves intolerant and does not believe in diversity of thought and will not include people that have different ideologies. That's a hard fact I had to face. And you'll hear more detail on that in the next podcast. All right. And that's the end of this podcast. Thank you again for tuning in. Please help me relay the bark, get more people listening, talk about this podcast. I really do want it to become a two-way conversation. Write me. I know some people have written me on Messenger that are friends of mine, but I still haven't received an actual email at Drew at thewatchdogsbark.com. I look forward to that starting to happen. I have gotten nice messages and some count contradicting messages of people that disagreed with me, but these are people that I've known for a long time and have written me in private messenger or texting. But if you, and I don't know any of you, you can introduce yourself to me in your email if you really want to. And again, if you agree or disagree and you write a really good detailed email or just a fun or funny email, and want me to read it, I will never use your name unless you give me permission. I will always respect people's privacy. So keep that in mind. And that brings us to the end of this podcast. Until next time, create an amazing day and please relay the bark.